Radio Show brought to you by People G2, a company dedicated to helping all businesses with their people-related decisions. They do that by giving clients access to the best human capital, due diligence, and background checks available on prospective candidates, business partners, tenants, and more. To learn more, simply visit www.peopleg2.com. Today, we're privileged to have with us the founder and president of People G2, Chris Dyer. Hey, Chris. Good afternoon, and thank you for joining me. Again, my name is Chris Dyer, and I'll be your host for the next hour here on uh, Talent Talk. Uh, we have a great lineup of guests uh, set to come on the show throughout the year, and I hope uh, you're looking forward to hearing from all our, all our guests and all their great insights. So the Talent Talk radio show features a wide range of guests who care about talent management, leadership development, and company culture. So in the business world, talent really has a couple different meanings, and the first is really how it relates to success and how really talented people achieve success. And the second is how talent relates to human resources and how HR leaders find the best candidates for their company. This show will explore those two different areas along with how talented individuals impact a company's culture. So the guests on Talent Talk typically include CEOs, uh, HR executives, entrepreneurs, coaches, authors, and other business leaders from all different industries. Typically what happens is I'm out at networking events or conferences and I have the privilege of meeting inspiring leaders and I created this forum to allow you to listen in our dialogue and learn some practical advice and how to cult- cultivate talent, develop leaders, and manage culture, and most importantly, how to impact your own career in a positive way. I want to thank everyone uh, for tuning in live here every Tuesday. If you have a question uh, for one of our guests, you can submit them by uh, using Twitter, just at uh, PeopleG2, and use that hashtag Talent Talk. My producer, Mike, will feed me the best questions, and we'll try to work them into the show as time allows. Uh, also, don't forget, you can uh, listen to the, the uh, Talent Talk radio show here on the podcast. Uh, most people use iTunes, but I know you can get it on Android as well. And subscribe to the feed to have uh, each week's show sent to you right there on your phone, and you can listen in. We have over 115,000 of you who are, who are doing that, and we really appreciate your support and tuning in each week uh, whenever it's convenient for you to listen in to the great insight from our great guests. Now that we've got all the business out of the way, I guess we should start the show. So my guests today uh, are Anna Huffman. She's Organizational Development at uh, Vinculums uh, Services. And also Mike McGraw will be in the second half of the show. He's the owner of Pride Staff. So my first guest, uh, Anna, is here and uh, live in the studio. So, Anna, welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Great to be here, Chris. So tell us a little bit about yourself and what you're currently doing uh, with uh, Vinculums uh, Services. Well, I am in the organizational development department at Vinculums. Um, I've had the great fortune of kind of working in different areas of of a, of a business. Um, my my goal is to lead an organization, and as such, I think it's important to understand how various departments, various functions work together. So I've worked on uh, the sales side, on the accounting side, um, also within operations. And before I really found my niche in in human resources, which is you know quite the the big umbrella and what sure. we're here to discuss and and that's where I have found my passion is in working with people and helping develop um, individuals. So you you kind of took a, a, a long and windy road to end up in the HR department. Yes. Uh, <laughs> you, you probably uh, with all the different. I'm going to guess that maybe with all the different people related issues you may be dealing with in other parts of the business that maybe 
whether it was your enjoyment or your success in dealing with those those issues that maybe kind of led you to go to, into that door or into that, that, that part of the company and leave behind those other areas? It, it did end up kind of guiding me, um, you know, repeatedly at a couple of previous organizations, and it kind of led me in, down that path. And mm-hmm. it is my passion to work with people. I, there are very few things that bring me as much joy as, as seeing people um, triumph in, in their work or taking it to the next level. And if right. I can be part of developing an individual, if I can be part of, of strategic strategically achieving our goals as an organization, then that's where I want to be. And that's where HR is. That's right. So with your focus being on organizational development, though, what do you kind of view as some of your biggest challenges in this role? Well, as much fun as people are, it's also people. No two people are alike. And there yeah. is always, uh, it, it's always a dynamic, uh, it's a dynamic field and there, it's always dynamic um, day in and day out. Um, so what works in one situation doesn't always work in another. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's part of of leadership development and that's part of talent management and is finding what areas motivate people and and how can we engage in order to achieve shared goals. So you're saying that you can't just have one set policy that just applies to everyone every time? (laughs) I can't tell you how many times we've had business owners come in and that's kind of what they expect. And then the reality is, is that you rarely ever have the same exact parameters for the same exact person. Mm-hmm. Um, that actually repeat themselves. So know. true. So true. And I think, you know, that's also the impression that we've had of human resources in the past. You know, you set policies, you, you tend to think of the, the strong compliance, and it's really far more encompassing, and it is about having that flexibility and being able to adjust to the changing business needs mm-hmm. Um we hear how human resources in the past, you know, has felt like they haven't been a strategic partner or that they're really fighting for a seat at the table. Right. Well, I think that's where, you know, having a business understanding and staying fluid to what are we going to do? We're in it here together to achieve the shared business goals is so important. And, and I think that's where HR is developing. And, and that's the, the trend that I see. And so do you feel like HR is having more of a strategic role and and an actual seat at that at that table and for that discussion i i would say so yes i mean it it depends of course on in the industry that you know a a particular business is but in general do you think that's gotten better absolutely yeah and that's that's really what our guests have been reporting back and it's kind of something we've been talking about for a little while that we're we've theorized that you know when the recession hit that they had they stripped hr so poor so much took out so many of the resources got rid of so many people and left one or two people left to kind of manage what 10 or 12 men had been doing while they were going through this transition. And suddenly those people then were being asked to be in those strategic conversations as it began to change. And as you know, the company started to recover and it really, even though a lot of HR people maybe didn't enjoy that process, I think it in the end pulled them into a place where they wanted to be and allowed a lot of business owners and, you know, VPC level people who are making these decisions, maybe without HR's input, um, to realize how much they needed them. 
I, I completely concur. That I think that is what we're seeing, and and it's a win-win for both sides, really. Mm-hmm. Um, I think HR is, in some ways, is getting schooled on the understa- on the realization of what it takes to run a business, and business leaders are are focusing far more on people and culture and what it takes to really have a successful organization because yes you know it comes down to the to the p word profit but i i think it it there it, there's really a two p words that, that go hand in hand and it's people and profit and sure. um i don't know if if you're familiar with peter senge but he speaks of businesses you know here in the 21st century it really takes it's a triple bottom line actually people planet and profit and having that social responsibility as well as that responsibility to our employees mm-hmm. our customers and ultimately then you know we got to turn on the lights and 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 be able to issue paychecks so there's the, the profit piece that's just as important but sure. each of those components comes into play well and especially with the pe- people and the profit component it's really easy. You've a lot of really kind of poor examples in the past of companies that have you know really relied or dealt with a particular part of that business not very well. Either they haven't treated their people well, they haven't dealt with the changes, they haven't you know uh, put in the right leadership programs or gotten their people to kind of develop over time, and or they were just completely focused on profit and didn't really care who was sitting at what desk and. Maybe that works for a while. Maybe they get lucky for a while, and suddenly the you know the winds change, and now they have the wrong people sitting everywhere, and and they can't survive. And so I think companies that are really trying to pay attention to both in the long run have that better success, right? You Absolutely. Can, you can have maybe more profit this year if you're a little bit more focused on that, but will you end up having more profit over the next five years? Mm-hmm. You know, because you know you lose all these people, then what? Right. And I think that's where organizational development, that's where human resources really comes into play, is helping to keep both of those perspectives in play um, to really be a strategic partner, understanding how how they work together mm-hmm. and how when you have a, a culture driven um, to, to succeed, you are going to be that much more dynamic as an organization to adjust to the changing business climate. And do you think that's how HR fits into that strategic circle there? Or do you think there's some other part that they really bring in uh, from a strategy standpoint? Um, I think that, I think that that's the primary component. Um, but, you know, you can't undermine also um, the ability that HR has to kind of be the that partner in ensuring that you're minimizing risk for the organization mm-hmm. and and still being compliant. I mean, we 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 have laws that we still need to to follow, and right. and so that that is an important component. You know, just as much as we want to grow, we also have to ensure that we're minimizing costs and we're not making ourselves legally liable for things. Right, right. So so people, profit, and then risk maybe might be the 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 big big areas here that we're seeing. What do you see though as the most critical role? for HR departments in general to fill? I mean, we've talked a little bit about culture and managing that, strategic management and profit. But, you know, if, if someone, I guess, maybe told you, you can only deal with one thing in a company, is there a particular thing you might pick as being the most critical? Um, well, I think it's it's a it's a component of the culture. And that's having a, a performance um, and accountability 
as part of that culture. Um, so, you know, we, we hear about performance management. We hear about reviews. And sometimes they're the, the dreaded time of the year for managers or for employees. Um, or sometimes it's when people expect, you know, this is when I'm going to get my annual raise. Uh, but there's this, this is really an opportunity for organizations and specifically for HR departments to help carve that culture mm-hmm. is during the, the performance review, during the performance management piece. Um, that's when you can provide feedback. You ensure that you're, you, that people are held accountable and that you're raising the, the, the stakes and that you're, you're getting the most. Right, right. So, uh, you know, maybe we turn this a little bit more inward. Maybe you could share a little bit about your own company culture and what you think those ideals are behind what drives your company to be a success. Um, well, at Vinculums, you know, we're we're owned by two brothers, so there is that family element, and the company has had mm-hmm. to kind of go through some of the growing pains, also of where you go and in from a very small company to uh, an organization of almost. 400 people at one point in time and and then having to go through some rough economic periods and and some downturns and then how do you manage that that culture piece through that downturn um and you know that's i would say has been the most challenging part of my role is how do you help comfort people that are scared that don't know if hey maybe i'm not going to have a job you know next month or six months down the line and how do you how do we address that human human aspect um it's the most challenging but also the most rewarding mm-hmm. part um and you know what we strive on is what are we here to do as an organization and how can each of us as individuals contribute to that um and i think that when you have a a vision a a ultimate company goal and you can kind of break that down down to the individual level where we know how we're making an impact then that can contribute to the overall positive culture even in in downturns in in the economy you know one of the things we were talking about before the, the the actual show started was that idea that you know one bad hire can really change your culture can change everything that's happening and can really impact an organization especially one that's you know of your size uh or smaller i mean maybe a single hire won't have the same kind of impact on you know Starbucks or McDonald's, somebody who is, you know, a thousand employees or something. But, you know, for, for the for, for most organizations, a single hire really can have a huge impact. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, is there something that you look for uh, in trying to make sure that they're going to fit your culture w- when you're when you're looking at bringing somebody new in? Yes, and I th- it starts with those those initial critical interviews. I mean, a, a resume tells a story, but it, it's only one piece, and it's not until you have the interviews, wh- whether it's face-to-face or what I recommend is, is video conferencing um, for those that are that are spread out. For, for instance, um, with Vinculums, we have offices in Washington and Texas, um, Northern California, and we're headquartered here in Southern California. So what I recommend is if you are spread out, if you cannot have a face-to-face interview, then having a video um, interview, video conference, there is something to, to be said about that, you know, contact and being able to see, you know, someone, um, even if it's face-to-face virtually, um, mm-hmm. and the, the interviewing is, is critical. Um, and then it goes to behavioral interview questions. Um, you know, the, uh, 
there are a lot of the cliche questions that we can all think of that are part of the interview (laughs) process. But, you know, not so much hypotheticals. I want to know what someone has done. How have they reacted in certain situations? Because oftentimes past behavior is going to determine what future behavior will will be. Um, and, And that gives an indication of how are they going to fit in within the existing culture? Yeah, and one of the things in, in helping people fit into the existing culture, aside from maybe what have they done in the past and what is their some of those behaviors look like, but it's how do we onboard them? How do we help them become, I hate to use the word assimilated, it sounds like, you know, <laughs> some, the board or something, but, um, you know, how do we help them become a part of this machine that's already running? And mm-hmm. Is that something you guys feel like you're doing a, a good job with? Um, You know, it's something that we've improved upon and that we'll continue to improve upon. But you're so right, Chris. The the onboarding of an employee is oftentimes, you know, while studies have shown, determines what the length of stay of someone will be within the organization. Mm And, you know, whether they're made to feel like, hey, you know what, we're so excited to have you here and welcome. And, you know, it's it's just it's like getting that, you know, the you move into the neighborhood and you have the neighbors come and, you know, bring you pie and 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 invite you over or you move in and you don't ever see your neighbors you know it's like well what what did i come to and then you start to second guess your decision and we don't want new hires to do that we want them to know hey you came home you came to to a place that we've been waiting for you and and understand that they have support from the start because that's what that would that will be um that will determine what their success will be there well, I remember some, I don't know if it was an article or a study or something I read, but, you know, people talking about the length of stay idea you mentioned, that, you know, people didn't have the office supplies that they needed, you know, on the first day. They literally could not, they had to go ask people to borrow pens and paper or things that they needed, you know. They didn't have a computer there at their desk to use, or, you know, IT hadn't set them up yet into the system, or, you know, all these things that they just seem so simple, but yet they essentially sat around the first day and then they met a few people, but they could not do anything. And yet, you know, those types of people lasted at most six months. Yeah. And then, you know, it, and it goes back to exactly what you were saying about um, HR and being that strategic partner. And from a from a business perspective, you know, what, what a waste of resources. You've brought someone on board, you're paying them mm-hmm. to essentially sit around and 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 it's just it's a waste of money so from from that perspective it's a lose lose um yeah. and you're right it's it's the small things but it's it's those small things that can make a person feel appreciated from the start yeah i mean can you imagine on the very first day having every all those little things you need your business cards have already been made you know th- those things have been thought about by someone and you know has can have a huge impact on your impression of the company and how organized they are you could probably be a very disorganized company, but if you do onboarding right, <laughs> you can kind of get away with a lot more, you know, <laughs> in the you, long term. <laughs> you, you get a pass. I think, you know, right. it's like they say, you know, first impressions. And so you get some of that and maybe I'm I'm more willing to kind of for and, and will forego, um, you know, some of the other things that I see because I'm like, OK, I know that they make an effort. I know that they really care. Yeah. Now, do you guys do anything else kind of after that onboarding process to to deal with employee engagement? We've 
Yeah, people that really look at uh, employee uh, you know, recognition programs and mm-hmm. uh, different incentive things. So are, are there particular things that you guys have had good success with in really helping engage those employees? Yes. Um, one of the things, and it relates to onboarding, and we, we try to kind of prolong a, a little bit of that, is we started, we started a um, what we call the WOW program, and it's the Week of Welcome. And so when a new hire starts, you know, in addition to hopefully having their laptop ready and their email address set up and all that good stuff, it's also giving them, you know, a few goodies. So you have, you know, a special logo mug that's that's for you, a water tumbler, you know, just a few goodies to make them feel more welcome for our remote employees, things that we can, that we ship out to them so that they have something that starts to allow them to identify with the company. And then um, we do have check-ins. So then we'll check in with someone at two weeks. Uh, we follow up with a check-in at, a, at a, a month, and then it's at 60 days. And you call that a week of wow? Uh, yes, week of welcome. So oh, week we, of welcome, excuse me. Wow is the acronym. Okay, uh-huh. Week of welcome. That's great. That's a good idea. I'm sure some of our uh, listeners can steal that or borrow it. Absolutely. Um, <laughs> that's kind of a, a neat idea. But I like that about you know getting them a personalized mug or you know water th- tumbler. It's such a small thing. It's so inexpensive. But immediately now they have this little special thing that everyone else has that they mm-hmm. had when they first came in. and. It goes with that, you know, a simulation, although (laughs) I know that that word now seems so loaded, but it is, it's joining the family. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it gives them a sense of permanence, right? You, you, you expect them to last and to be around if you're giving them these things, right? You've got Mm -hmm. to made them a, you know, John Doe mug or whatever, you know, and you're not waiting to see if they're going to screw up in the first week and you haven't gone. You're you're saying, no, we we think you're going to be here. You're going to stick around. You're going to be a part of our organization that really is a, an interesting i really i really like that idea every once in a while we get these little little gems which is why we do this show get these really cool ideas i really like that one um well at vinculums you know one of our themes in 2014 is we invest in those who invest in 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 us and it really it's it's just about showing that it's it's a two-way street you know um a company makes an investment as you know as a business owner i think every Every employee that I bring on is is an investment, and you see it in terms of dollars. As an employee, joining an organization is an investment. I spend most of my time, you know, most of my mm-hmm. day there, and there's always an opportunity cost to what we're doing. Um, so it's it's really about you know creating that relationship and then nurturing that relationship. Sure, sure, absolutely. Well, one of our favorite things to ask our uh, guests. Um, because we get such unique answers and our, our audience just seems to really gobble up the, the answers as well, uh, is what are you reading right now? Um, right now, I'm reading The Artist's Way. I actually w- uh, read it through through grad school, but there were some chapters that I skimmed. Right. Um, and going back and, and rereading it um, with the start of the, the new year, and it's really about um, kind of finding and, and defining ourselves and one of the the big components of the book is starting morning pages and it's you know first thing you wake up you do a, a morning brain dump of three handwritten pages and it's a great way wow. to kind of clear your mind of kind of the, the gunk and the things the stress that we carry and then then that allows for us to have a more focused approach to the the rest of our day 
And, it, and it's really about leadership and, and self-development and, and exploring creativity um, and innovation. So you're saying when you wake up, you're not supposed to put on your glasses and be staring at your email and all the work you have coming up <laughs> as you're writing a three-page uh, note to myself? Uh, well, you know, sometimes yeah. the first thing is email <laughs> but as soon as the alarm goes off. But, I, uh, you know, what the, what the book stresses is, um, you know, making that the first thing that you do. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes it, I have checked email and, and made a cup of coffee by the time I, I can sit down and write. Right. <laughs> Well, that's that's pretty impressive considering you said you have a three and a half year old and you have another one that's nine weeks away that yes. you're you're having time to to write write that anything down is probably uh, a lot of parents would, would be very envious of you so um, well like I said it you know the, the whole the whole focus is is making it a brain dump and so anything that comes to mind mm-hmm. it's it's all legit and it's all good and you know whether it's feelings it's observations it's thoughts it's planning whatever it is and it's just it allows us to to kind of clear the cobwebs so that we can focus right that's a fascinating idea give it a try so uh just two last questions for you uh the first is you know if you could kind of summarize our our discussion here today what do you think were the best takeaways what what were the couple things you think that someone listening should have should remember or written down or you know maybe go back and think about whether could you identify a couple things? Um, you know, I would say that it really it boils down to the, to the two P words. It's people and profit. And you can't put one above the other in order to have a successful business. So as a, as a business owner, um, since that's, you know, a, a huge uh, portion of your listening audience, I would say you, you really have to find a way for both of those two be incorporated into the business in mm-hmm. order to continually adapt and to succeed in the changing business environment. Well, that's great. It's a great way to, to summarize it, people and profit and the, and the balance there. So uh, how can people uh, reach out and learn more about your company if they want to work for you or uh, or, or, or uh, hire your company as well for the services they, they do? Uh, what's the best way for them to, to check you guys out? Look for us on LinkedIn. Uh, we have a, a company page. I'm on there. I'm on LinkedIn. Um, always willing to add people, and I think it's important to network with one another. And uh, that's V-I-N-C-U. L-U-M services. It's vinculums, but it's uh, that's how you spell it in case anyone is <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> challenged there and trying to, I wouldn't have been able to spell it if I was hearing it. So hopefully help you out. Uh, but yeah, check them out on LinkedIn and you can also check Anna out as well. And uh, we really appreciate you being on the show. It gave us a lot of great things to think about. And Thank we, you, Chris. Uh, hopefully you can come back maybe after you had your, maybe next year when you're maybe not quite so tired and uh, <laughs> sleep deprived yeah, sleep and all that. So, but uh we will come back after this quick commercial break. We'll have uh, Mike McGraw on. He's the owner and strategic partner with Pride Staff. After this quick commercial break. When it comes to pioneers in their respective industries, we all know the Apples, Starbucks, and Trader Joe's of the world. In the realm of recruiting, Decision Toolbox is the industry's best-kept secret. With 90% of their business from referrals and repeat customers, for over 20 years, Decision Toolbox's U.S.-based team of recruiters, sourcers, professional writers, quality personnel, and tech support has perfected a Six Sigma approach to talent management. No matter the size of the project, Decision Toolbox delivers incredible results. A cost per hire less than half of what contingency firms charge. 
with the winning candidate presented in an average of 14 days, all with a 12-month candidate warranty. With results like that, Decision Toolbox won't be a secret for long. Visit us at www.dtoolbox.com for more information. Imagine what it would feel like to lose everything. Your job, your home, your family, your dignity. This has happened to thousands of the men, women, veterans, and young adults we serve at Working Wardrobes. What do we do to help? We provide career development services, life skills workshops, job skills training. We provide the perfect interview outfit, and we get clients placed in jobs. Call Working Wardrobes, 714-210-2460. Donate, volunteer, invest, hire. Welcome back to the Talent Talk Radio Show. As a reminder, if you have a question for my next guest, you can send it to us right now via Twitter at PeopleG2. Use the hashtag Talent Talk, and uh, my producer Mike will try to get me uh, the uh, the information and the question. And we'll try to throw it in there. Don't forget, you can tune in uh, to hear the show uh, live here every Tuesday. You can also get the podcast, as we mentioned earlier, uh, on. Uh, on your uh, cell phone there. You can also go to talenttalkradio.com and get all the past shows or even go to octalkradio.net and click on the shows tab and uh, click on Talent Talk. There's lots of different ways you can check us out and hear past interviews uh, by anyone who you're interested in checking out. Uh, So, again, my next guest is Mike McGraw. Uh, He's with Pride Staff. So, Mike, welcome to the show. Thank you, Chris. Good to be on here. So tell us about yourself and your company, Pride Staff. Well, uh, myself, I've kind of been around um, more of an operations-level type employee for uh, a while, and then things changed in my life and led me to buying a franchise uh, called Pride Staff, which is a uh, uh, locally owned and with a national presence uh, staffing company that focuses on temp, temp to hire, direct hire, and uh, focuses on office clerical and light industrial employees. So you've had a few ventures as an entrepreneur. Um, so what kind of motivates you to continue to try new things? Well, all in all, I love building things. I'm, I'm kind of a, I, I don't know if I'll turn into a serial entrepreneur, but it, it's, uh, it's starting out that way. I've, uh, I've had some ventures that's prospered and some that have not. You know, all in all, I just try to learn from each of them and apply it in anything new that I'm doing. Well, and certainly that is the, the, the mindset that, you know, we, we see successful entrepreneurs having if, if their mindset is to learn, is to get better at things, to try to find the next, you know, opportunity or idea, that they tend to have, you know, long-term success as opposed to, you know, I'm just going to look for this idea, you know, and, and people need to buy it and I'm the best, as opposed to this learning, I'm going to figure it out kind of mentality. So it's good yeah, to hear. exactly. I, I totally agree. It's good to hear you say that. Well, so your latest uh, startup here is the you said a franchise with Pride Staff, and that's something different than uh, it seems like you've done over your career. You mentioned kind of a lot of operational background. So, what really kind of threw you towards the idea of a staffing company? Well, it was it was kind of a almost a quest of faith. It um, I had a couple of people I ran across last year that told me um, whatever I was doing at the time it didn't work out. Called this lady. And it was two different people from two different walks of life that bought two different franchises of their own. Al Trimley, who bought a WSI franchise, and Jim Curlin, who bought Sailor Training. But they all told me the same name, this lady called, uh, this lady named Leslie Cuban with Brandnet. And 
I ended up calling her, and I never thought I'd be dealing with a franchise. And she helped me pick some, you know, franchises to look at based on my attributes and skills. And I went after it. I kept an open mind, put the blinders on, and did what she told me to. And it led me to a staffing company. I had no clue this is what I would be doing. But it makes perfect sense after we started going down the road. Were there some other uh, areas that you were kind of, you know, exploring or considering before you made your final decision? Absolutely. I I had been all over the place. I in at the end of 2012, I was laid off from the company I worked for for 12 years. After that, I helped develop a metal fabrication company, looking to buy it. And when the deal fell through at the end of 2013, I was left with nothing. I I started putting in applications everywhere and was looking at all kinds of different ventures. I. I grew up in a salvage yard, um, uh, automotive recycling center, as we called it. We we looked at opening that back up. We looked at a whole plethora of different things, and none of them seemed to to, to hit. You know, it is kind of like it just wasn't in the cards at the time. So, uh, talking to Leslie helped me figure out what I wanted to do. It helped me figure out what business would work for me, regardless if it was a franchise or not. And it, of course, worked out that way. Were there other franchises that you were considering as well? Yes, actually, um, there were a few others. There's um, one was actually in staffing, but more on the medical side, and then uh, one other had to do with uh, cleanup for uh, disaster, like natural disaster stuff. Mm-hmm. And then the, and another one was a master franchise for commercial cleaning, and all of them were good models. I just ended up doing this because it. Uh, it matched up, and when I went out to Price Staff's home office in Fresno, California, I felt like I was back home in Georgia. It, they were they were really nice, uh, very supportive, and it was nice having all these different departments that I could call. I felt like I was back at that director level at Kipper Tool where I worked for twelve years. So mm-hmm. it was it was really nice feeling the support. So you've been doing that since uh, June of two thousand fourteen, roughly, and I'm sure as as you grow the company, you know. Uh, you kind of started to develop some sort of culture, you know, that's kind of your own personal take and touch and, and how you do that and how you deal with your staff. So I, I'm kind of kind of assume here that that's continuing uh, to develop, but maybe you can kind of talk a little bit about what that looks like and, and what kind of sets you apart from, uh, you know, uh, an employer standpoint. Yeah, it's and it's amazing how much culture can change in the early stages of an of a entity really developing because we – I took my, my crew with me. I've got a staffing consultant and a recruiting assistant, and I I really wanted them to be with me in training in Fresno and so that we could bond and get to know each other, but you really don't know what that's going to turn into. I mean, there's there's a lot of unknowns when you're hiring people. I mean, we're, we're in the staffing business, but and we, and we do so much screening on the front end, but going back to my former lives, you really don't know what you have until you get them in there and see if they fit that culture. So it's been a work in progress with the culture, but things have gelled really well. The franchise helped me hire the people I have also to make sure I was looking for the right things. But, you know, if I had to put a label on it, it's it's really a mission-centric culture. Um, I came from an autocratic culture, which was not cool. Uh, when times got tough, the uh, grip got tighter, and it squeezed out a lot of good talent where I was at before, before what I'm doing now. And... You know, ultimately, I'd say mission-centric, but it really revolves around our, our customer. Um, our mission is to consistently provide client experiences focused on what they value most. So we start our culture from that and move forward. Me, I'm 
I'm a big believer in world class customer service. It's uh, it's free if you do it right, and it, and it goes a long way. Yeah, yeah, and it's it really can be a, a difficult thing to kind of translate that idea of what you think a great culture should be. And it, you know, it sounds like you have some really distinct things that you have kind of laid forth. But you know, to to be able to effectively communicate it and work on it and drive it home every day so that your employees are now kind of taking the reins and driving it at the same time can be a challenge that you know a lot of entrepreneurs kind of fail at so are the things that you feel like you do to really make sure that it, it it's going farther than just from your mouth to their ears yes and that that's really the the where the rubber meets the road so to speak it's um it, it's one of those things that I've seen so many, so many leaders, or, or I should say, I hate to say it in a rude way, but so-called leaders that that think they manage well and forget that they're only as good as their employees, and and that's one of the things that that I've always had to focus. I've learned the hard way that you have to lead by example. I truly believe that if if I don't lead by example, then why is anyone going to follow? Why would they even, you know, think that that it's okay for them to? To be that way if I'm not that way, and that goes from a bad that goes from bad things and good things, and ultimately the other side of it is to that I, I stay on the edge, being on the cutting edge of anything that's going on and trying to stay one step forward in this, doing my homework and being educated and being communicated across the board. Uh, I think that helps my employees follow me also, and and they want to be more like that and and be that kind of that, you know, that leading example for themselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, if, if we look at maybe what are the kind of the markers for success or how you evaluate whether your company is successful, uh, you know, aside from the, the obvious answer of, of, of profitability, because that is an important part of every business, um, are there other areas in which you, you look at uh, to, to kind of gauge whether or not you're being successful or whether or not you know, your company is moving in the right direction. Yes, um, one of the one of the really cool things about Prime Staff is they have since 2010 uh, contracted with Innovaro Institute, and they help us uh, do surveys. And we utilize Net Promoter Score. I don't know if you've ever heard of that yeah. before. Mm-hmm. Um, it's very cool stuff. It's like almost like Six Sigma for customer service, but so much more simple. We we we've utilized that. We do it not only for our clients, we also do it for our candidates. And that's one of the things that Price Staff as a whole, we, we separate ourselves from the sea of me, so to speak, is we, we focus on quality candidates number one, but we we don't we don't compromise in that and we make sure that we're treating our candidates with respect and dignity like it should be. I've you know, I've dealt with a lot of staffing companies in the past, and, and, and I've heard of candidates going in their offices, and they, they treat them like scum almost sometimes, and, that, and that's just rude. And nobody nobody deserves that. You know, when people are looking for a job, that's one of the most crucial times in their life when they are trying to, you know, provide for their families. And, and, and it's, it's really a, it's a big unknown, and people do weird things during those times. That The worst thing we can do is treat them bad. So we track that big time with Net Promoter Score. And we have won uh, five years in a row now the uh, best of staffing, which puts us at the diamond level in both of those categories. Oh, that's really impressive. That's congratulations. So it, it sounds like you're doing a great job at 
making sure that the your clients are happy that the the applicants or the pot- people who you're potentially placing uh, into those companies are happy so um, there must be some things that you're doing to keep your your staff motivated and and growing and, and kind of you know maximizing their own individual talents and potential C- can you share you know, any part of that of, of how you're doing that in- internally well we measure everything we um we have a cool uh, applicant tracking system called Bullhorn, and it, it it's very very powerful. It's it's really an ERP system for staffing. It, it does everything that we need to do, including my CRM, and we've got certain KPIs. You know, we we put it all together. We track things daily, weekly, monthly, quarterly, yearly. Um, so we're constantly hitting our numbers, but also at the same time, it's. You know, with that ever present in our mind and seeing it every day, it uh, you know it keeps our eye on the ball. I mean, we, my employees, including myself. I mean, I have to hold myself accountable in front of my employees, and and you know when they see me do that and me get honest about how I didn't do this or I didn't do that, and I'll get better next time. Well, I darn well better get better next time, or it's you know it's not going to be good. So there's a lot of kind of a you know 360 culture. Uh, growth going on that as long as I, you know, lead by example, like I was saying earlier, then things will start to pull together. But the uh, KPIs are the are the core of knowing whether or not we're firing, you know, when we fire for effect, whether it's working or not. Sure. Maybe when you think about leadership development, are there, you know, you, you talk about measuring things, you're talking about having KPIs and being accountable, so that that's some part of it. But are there anything else that you're doing uh, there to make sure that People in your organization are continuing to grow into that, that kind of leadership category. Uh, one of the main things is just empowering them to, you know, to meet their goals, um, giving them the the freedom to uh, to make mistakes and and see that uh, you know that it's that there's better ways of doing it. But also, um, there's consistent training here. Uh, one of the cool things Pride Staff does also is there when we went out to Fresno for for training, they're their methodology and their and their training program is, is second to none. And what we also have is a lot of residual training afterwards. We have a field consultant that comes here that helps us train. We have uh, all kinds of training modules online to help us out. So we're constantly doing that to uh, to learn more and to understand what uh, you know what we need to be focusing on. But also at the same time, if I had to boil it down to one simple thing, it's that constant communication between the team and. And making sure that uh, that we're em- empathetic with each other. You know, one of the best leaders or or supervisors I ever had. He he knew he knew when things were bad, and he he didn't pour salt on that wound. And he knew that I was going to beat myself up more than he ever could. So I do my best to make sure that I'm allowing those things to happen. And if there's something wrong, to help you know, give them the freedom to learn. Mm-hmm. Well, you mentioned uh, you got some early help there with picking the right uh, franchise, and it sounds like Price House has been a really good uh, direction for you. And you uh, you mentioned uh, another manager that just a minute ago. So I'm kind of wondering if there's a specific uh, person or some people who had some you know, really big impacts on your own personal leadership development, uh, and you, you might be able to share with us who, who they were and why that was important. Yeah, uh, there's there's a long laundry list, but if I had to sum it up, most most influential. Um, growing up in a family business, that is that's huge. 
uh, you you literally are brought up from your first understanding of words and anything is it's about you know doing goodwill onto others so that it may be done onto you you know just a simple golden rule so that we have we have enough to prosper you know we prosper enough to be able to eat and and it's simple things like that and you know I always used to tell my daddy he pulled me out a lot but those were some of the most simple things that I learned that when when you're trying to be an entrepreneur you're trying to start a business holy moly you got to know which things to invest in and which things not to and and be very careful because if I spend the same way I spent when I was working for someone else I'll be out of business quick mm-hmm. so it's a, it's a different perspective um, another big thing is the military I was in third range battalion in Fort Benning Georgia for a while and some of the things I learned with those guys is you know you, you can't beat it out of me you know the people I've worked for over the years all the bosses I've had the good ones the bad ones and the you know the ones that I don't hardly remember but uh, most importantly, the people that's worked for me—they've taught me everything. I mean, I—I I, don't—I wouldn't be who I am today from a leadership perspective or a manager or anything if I didn't have people that I allowed to tell me what they saw. Mm-hmm. And it's that constant improvement of me through them that I think is probably the biggest reason why I'm where I am today. Well, and it seems like you have a level of openness and uh, desire to learn and grow, and that's a really important part of you know DNA of any good entrepreneur. Kind of wondering if there's you know as you kind of go through this journey, you may have identified something that uh, maybe you weren't particularly good at, uh, but you knew you had to work on to get better over time. Uh, was there something like that? I mean, you could kind of share what, what it was and, and how you overcame it. It's too easy to be negative, you know, life on life's terms and come at us just so fast it's not nice um so i would tell you one main thing would be always finding the positive in whatever situation the world could be ending right now but i've got to be able to find a positive reason for sitting here and keeping my cool and keeping moving in a forward direction and being productive i don't believe in the no-win situation and i think if i did if I did believe in it, I, I don't know where I'd be today. I, I might not even be alive. So always remain positive no matter what. And, and and one little side note, and I mentioned it earlier, is doing the homework. And, you know, staying on, the, on that edge is not easy. You know, always being in tune and being informative and, and knowing what's going to happen prior to it the best you can. Of course, there's the unknown. But being totally in tune with everything you can, uh, with the information given to you, there's no... There's no excuse for not being informed. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And you, you brought up a really good point about you know the positivity and, and dealing with situations uh, you know as best you can. I I was just racking my brain trying to remember who said this, but there's a really famous quote of you know it could it could be the best of times, it could be the worst of times, but it's the only time that you have. You know, it's just you you got to do whatever you got to do whenever with whatever's happening and, and being positive. I can't tell you how many times we I've run into people just like you said, it's so easy to be negative, and that's really doesn't get you anywhere <laughs> in life. Nope. Uh, nope. It, it's easy, <laughs> but it, 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 is, doesn't, it, is. it doesn't usually get you very very far. So I, I'm wondering with this this kind of idea of learning and uh, growth that you've had, uh, is there maybe a particular business book or something you might be reading now that uh, our, our listeners might want to check out? Well, the one I'm reading right now is uh, the book called Influence. 
by uh, Robert, I think it's Calvini, okay. um, or C. I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but uh, that book is pretty cool. I don't know if you've ever read it, Chris. Uh, no, no. Um, Can you tell us, t- say the name again? You kind of broke up a, a little bit there. Sorry, it's called Influence Okay. by Robert, Robert Calvini, or okay. Calvini. Yeah. Um, the book is, uh, it's cool because it's like the science behind why we say, uh, why we say yes. It's a, it's a selling book. I'm, you know, like I said earlier, I'm more ops kind of guy. I was kind of the Wizard of Oz at, at uh, Kipper Tool when I was there, and they, they kept me in the back and didn't let me out much, but, uh, it was when I started talking to people and getting to know them, and, I, and I'd always been sales on the opposite side, on the purchasing side, you know, always going back and forth and negotiating things, and I was I knew I was good at it, and I, and I liked it a lot. I mean, one of my a lot of people hate buying cars, and I've always loved buying cars because I get to get in there and get in the details of it. Well, and and, and to feel like you got a deal. Well, the opposite. Um, this book's about the science of you know, about all that and why we say yes. And, and and more importantly, the book's written kind of in a way to safeguard ourselves from making bad decisions, buying things we really didn't need, uh, different things of that nature. So I, I really like it. It's, uh, it's pretty cool. Well, it sounds like a great book for us to check out. And as a reminder to all you listening, we will post uh, all the books that were mentioned today onto the recap blog that we will do on our website. Uh, and put a link there for you to buy it at Amazon or Audible, wherever you want to go, uh, so you don't have to uh, be making uh, you know notes while you're driving or anything if you happen to be listening to the podcast in the car. Uh, we will definitely post it, and you can check that out on peopleg2.com slash blog. Uh, well, uh, Mike, uh, if you could, you know, maybe you could kind of do a summary. You know, someone listening, what do you think they should have taken away from our conversation today? Is there a point or two that you think was particularly valuable that they really should have remembered yeah there's a number one trust your gut i I think that's the closest thing we have to uh, whatever you believe in Uh, do your homework and never give up i mean those are three things that i have to listen to i have to be aware of if i if i do my homework i've got my brain in mind if i trust my gut um i'd like to believe my heart's in line and if i'm persistent then it'll pay off but uh most importantly, based on you know, kind of the talent side of this and dealing with employees, uh, one rule that I always have is always listen to my employees. They'll tell you everything. Now, it's interesting it, that you it, said those things because I would have said, um, based on what you said, was to you know try to measure things, <laughs> um, yeah. you know, to, to be positive. Uh, you know, so it's interesting the, the things that you kind of brought up versus the things that I was kind of picking up on that, that I really liked that you said today. Uh, but, you know, that for, for each listener, they can decide which of those things they thought were the, the, the most important. But I, I really heard the, the idea of staying positive, uh, of learning new things, having that mindset of learning and, uh, and measuring, because that's really important. You can know how you're doing if you can't know how you're doing if you're not measuring it in some way. Agreed. Well, Mike, it's been a real pleasure having you on the show today. Uh, we, how, how can people learn more about your uh, particular uh, franchise there if they're interested in uh, having you do work for them? Well, PrideStaff.com has a really nice website. Our, uh, you can find the Gainesville office on there. We've got a LinkedIn site also that's very nice. We also have Twitter and Facebook. And uh, my email address is, is mcgraw at PrideStaff.com if anyone ever wanted to reach out to me. 
Well, great. I really appreciate you being on the show, and we'd love to keep in touch with you and, and see how you guys are doing. Okay. Thank you very much. That's about all the time we have for today's show. Thank you again to Anna Huffman and Mike McGraw for joining me here on Talent Talk. Tune in live next week at 1 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. We'll have Russell, Russell Klosk, the director of Accenture, and Lauren Miner, the COO of Decision Toolbox, here to be my guests. Until then, do what you love and show the world how talented you can be today. You've been listening to Talent Talk Radio Show. Brought to you by People G2.